I am Jim Collison and live from our virtual studios around the world, at least for us here in the state of Nebraska. This is Gallup's Call to Coach, recorded on August 21st, 2020. Called the Coach is a resource for those who want to help others discover and use their strengths. We have Gallup experts and independent strengths coaches share tactics, insights, and strategies to help coaches maximize the talent of individuals, teams, and organizations around the world. If you're joining us live, there's actually a link right above me there in the live on the live page that'll take you to a YouTube page that has the chat room on it. Log in with your Google account. Let us know that you are there. You are welcome to ask us questions live during the program. If you're watching the recorded version on YouTube after the fact or the podcast. You can send us questions, coaching at gallop.com. Don't forget, if you're there on YouTube, subscribe and like us while you're there. If you want to listen to us as a podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, search Gallup Webcasts on any podcast app and you get access to the seven or eight podcasts that we have available for you out there. Ryan Wolf is my guest today. Ryan works as a physical well-being lead here at Gallup. And Ryan, not your first time on Called the Coach. We've had you on before. Welcome back. Hey, great to be here. And good to see you, dude. Uh, we have known each other for since 2007. Yeah. And basically every single week since 2007, we see each other and, and uh, it's been, it's been a while. So yeah. miss you. Good to, good to be back here and looking forward to talking with you. As we think about physical well-being, you are my physical well-being champion. You've been my coach for 12 of those years. You've watched me run five marathons, <laughs> climb vertical miles, uh, Mountains. Climb mountain, <laughs> and, and have been kind of my physical well-being champion of through all this today, as we talk about this idea of resiliency through Clifton strengths and physical well-being. Um, there's some stories just from the 12 years you and I have been doing things together yeah. in a great kind of testimony. We, we made it through the 09 debacle. We've gone through a lot of things together work-wise. We're doing the pandemic together. By the way, still connected. You're still my coach during this pandemic time. We still meet together. Um, and so folks, folks who don't know, Ryan was also on a theme Thursday back for season one. Um, and I think we talked about your number one theme of discipline, mm -hmm. right? You have... Yeah. Discipline, achiever, futuristic, activator, and harmony, which is pretty great that you've got <laughs> discipline and harmony there together. That's pretty it's a awesome. good balancing act. Yeah. Hey, talk a little bit just before we get started. Give folks an idea. What is your role at Gallup? And what is that, uh, you know, physical well-being lead is what I said. But what does that really mean? I support all of our health and well-being initiatives. So when you think about anything from physical health to more comprehensive well-being, helping our associates and our clients think about what helps them make a, a life well-lived, and we provide resources and coaching and consulting around that. I think when some individuals come to physical well-being, they kind of think of it as just working out, right? It's more than yeah. that, right? What, what, uh, what yeah. else more, is it more of than just working out? Well, this is this is an important point that actually, when I was thinking about this kind of yesterday, uh, you know, what points do I want to hit on? And I do want the coaches to really help us spread the message that physical well-being is is a whole lot more than just going to the gym or eating broccoli. Now, those that can help, that can contribute, but the bigger thing is, and the message that, the message that you can send to your clients and the people who you coach, managers and leaders, is that physical well-being is all about building up energy. Okay, so so really that's the end game here. You want to be able to do all the things you want 
be able to eat well, sleep good, and be physically active in order to build up your energy. So you can you can have uh, and explore your purpose in life. So you can have a great career and better relationships and 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 all the elements of well-being. So so that's what phys- physical well-being is, uh, not just to me, but to um, to the science and research that we've done on the topic. Jim Harder, kind of our chief scientist around well-being, says all the time, it's hard to thrive when you're suffering. Like, it's hard to be thriving in any of the categories if you have a, if you have a category that you are suffering in. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, we're going to. Um, we're going to spend the next couple months kind of working through the five elements in out of our well-being book, um, uh, creatively titled "Well-Being." <laughs> and so, if you you can pick that up, so the, the book's ten years old. This is not new for Gal, right? We've been in the well-being space a long time. We've actually partnered with a lot of organizations around well-being. Ryan, take a second, um, just because we're kicking off this series today of resiliency and well-being. What are the five elements of being of well-being? Can you just kind of talk about those? Mm-hmm. So there's career well-being, which sometimes we've referred to as purpose well-being, and that's really liking and loving what you do each day and being motivated to achieve your goals. And then there's social well-being, so having a lot of support in your life and great relationships and experiencing love in your life. And then there's financial well-being, which which doesn't mean getting rich; it means being able to manage out the stresses that finances can bring to our life. Um, there's community well-being, which is all about liking where you live and feeling safe. And actually, even at the highest level of community, community well-being is having pride about where you live. And then, of course, the the, the physical element, which I, which I explained um, before. And Jim, we didn't just we didn't just pick these five elements, right? Uh, we didn't just say, all right, what, which five do we want to make um, our, our top five in, um, in, in terms of well-being? We actually did, there's a lot of research that went into it. And in 2010, you're right, the, the well-being book came out. It was a culmination of a couple of years of studying on a world poll to really discover uh, what are the common elements that people experience through all countries and walks of life. So that happened in about 2008, 2010-ish in that range. But actually, our our research on well-being dates back to the 1950s with our founder. So George Gallup was keenly interested in well-being. And uh, one of his projects was actually uh, on physical well-being. The, so I hold it near and dear to my heart. He in 1958 and 1959, he spent three months compiling a bunch of a bunch of surveys and data on individuals in the United States who were over the age of 95. So he was super interested in learning about what helped them live a long and prosperous and resilient life. So he set out and uh, gathered a bunch of great data and the you know the the methodology and the formulas that um, he that he established back then are still in utilization today. So it's kind of how we 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 ended up with the five elements we do today. Yeah, and, and for me, I was uh, new to the organization when the book came out, and for the first time, it kind of walked me through or gave me a framework, much like Clifton Strengths gives me a framework to be able to talk about my talents. Well, this well-being book gave me a framework to talk about these parts of my life that, if one is out of balance. Uh, can affect the rest. And it and it gave me the ability to really talk about them in a way I hadn't before. And so it 
again, it created that framework. We have used that as well. When we say resiliency, Ryan, what do we mean by that? What is that really in the in the context? Because I'm hearing that word thrown around a lot. When you say resiliency, what do you mean by that? It's really being able to to thrive in the face of adversity. So when there's when there's challenges and there's illness and there's hardship, uh, being able to get back on top of your game and being able to perform like like kind of everybody expects you to uh, in the level that you are there you that you're used to performing. Okay, I, I think a great definition. And in, in, um, when we think about this area of well-being. It really is both subjective and objective, right? There's these mm-hmm. two elements. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. It's important. It's important to know that you know well-being is subjective and, and objective. And when when Gallup measures well-being, we talk about how uh, we we're kind of measuring this objective area of it. So sub- subjectivity is uh, we're measuring pe- how people feel and how they experience their lives and how they evaluate their lives. So that's subjective. But what we've done is we've been able to tie those those results and those ratings to some objective data. So, so it's important to kind of distinguish between the two and then know that um, sometimes well-being, wellness, it can kind of feel soft, but there's definitely some hard data that goes along with it. Can, can you talk a little bit of just kind of quickly, what, what kind of hard data when you say that would we look at or what somebody could look so, at? So yeah, we've, we've done a lot of research on it. So, so we found that those who are who are engaged are more likely to be thriving in their level of well-being. And thriving means that you rate your life on a on the Cantrell scale zero to ten as a seven or higher, and also as an eight or higher when you answer the question, "What will my life look like in five years?" So when you rate those um, questions a seven and an eight, that's thriving. There's two other levels um, below that, um, but when we look at those who are engaged and also thriving in their well-being, they're 38% less likely to have unplanned um, days off of work due to illness or sickness. So they're a lot, a lot more likely to show up and be there day in and day out, which is kind of resilience, right? Um, they're also a lot less likely to leave the organization, 30% less likely to leave the organization if they are engaged and they have high well-being. What other, you know, so we think about absenteeism and we think about turnover. Those are important. But what other inside organizations, because it's this is really important, especially during this time. What is the, particularly with physical well-being, when we think about stress, when we think about mental health, what do we know about physical well-being and its ability to combat that? Well, they're really correlated and, and it's it's symbiotic and you can kind of think of physical well-being and mental well-being as being one and the same. And and, and because they're the same, so are the other, the other elements are also symbiotic. In the book, Harder refers to it as being interdependent or interrelated. And when, when we have, um, when they can lift each other up and, um, and, you know, I kind of like to help people think about kind of their well-being in terms of a pie. So it's it's physical well-being is is 20% of it or yes, 20%. So when you're working on physical well-being, you're not you're not just taking that 20% away and just focusing on on it and kind of reducing your pie. You're actually increasing the size of your pie because it has so much spillover effect and you can feel it in other areas and other elements of your life. 
Ryan, at Ed Gallup, of course, we have you and we actually have teams working on this for us, right? On behalf mm-hmm. of the employees at Gallup, we, one of the, the great things, I just celebrated 13 years at Gallup and one of my favorite things about working there is when we publish something, when we talk about something, we don't just say it, we actually do it. And in some cases we do it more than anybody else does. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking back when we think about resiliency, I'm thinking back to 09 and things, the, the U.S. economy is crumbling, right? And we're, we're, we're diving into one of the deepest recessions that the, the world's seen in a while. And leadership makes the decision to not just do a Q12 to find out how we feel, but we do forward that year. Every quarter, we implement a Q12 to ask ourselves how we're feeling, right? This idea of that. Likewise, at Gallup, I come in and see you four times a year to get a check on my own physical mm-hmm. health, right? Blood pe- pr- blood pressure, weight. Um, we talk about goals, fitness goals, some of those kinds of things. When you think about how we're attacking the the area of physical well-being for Gallup, what do we do? What kind of programs do we have that helps our employees be resilient? Mm-hmm. Yeah, before the pandemic, we had a great fitness center that was operating. It never had closed since 2003 when we first mm-hmm. when we first opened up and um, built that Riverfront campus in Omaha. But but now it's all virtual, and we're providing a lot of a lot of variety of resources, which I think is important, and and tidbits of information. Not anything that's that is super comprehensive because. A lot of people just don't have time or the the bandwidth to really tackle something that's maybe like your typical wellness or physical well-being type of program that's maybe a whole week long or a whole month long type of an initiative. So we have quick little bites. We have we have Zoom classes. We actually have a lot of talented uh, associates at Gallup who are certified in yoga or jazzercise or other forms of group exercise leading classes. So we host those. We have we have a Teams channel dedicated to just physical well-being, and people can, um, I'm contributing to it every day. Others can contribute and participate in it and um, kind of feel that, uh, feel that and share that, um, that those, those health, uh, that health knowledge and, and, and inspiration. All, there's also a big emphasis on the EAP, Employee Assistance Programs, which mm. which are super, super important. And, um, you know, before the pandemic, the the utilization of, of EAPs was, you know, between one and five percent for most uh, vendors. And those those rates have just completely shot up, which is great to see. People are feeling like they that now they at least know about this this benefit. And now that like now it's time to actually kind of take advantage of it. We, um, we have created a Peloton group just as a yeah. formal, right. Of Tell them about it. Folks who have, pel- have the Peloton yeah. bike. Uh, you don't have to have the bike to participate in the group, which is super great. If you, if you have a bike, actually the Peloton app has walking workouts. It has running workouts, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's lots of things associated with it. It's actually inexpensive for, for the app at the, uh, I think it's $12 a month to be able to participate. They have coaching sessions that you can go in there and get, get um, yelled at <laughs> and, and sometimes not. Um, they also, uh, Peloton is kind of let out in this uh, by being, uh, uh, doing some mindfulness during their workouts. So their coaches do some mindfulness type activities during the workouts for you, which is super great. Um, not that we all need to run out and support Peloton, but um the, the idea, like Ryan, is that as an organization, we have rallied around some common things with us, right? We've rallied around some activities that work for us. 
Um, we have found some things together as an organization to do that. I think the key, though, is um, we've we've really kind of added some of those questions into what our managers are following up with. We're going to talk in a little bit. We're going to talk about the four needs of followers. We're going to kind of bring that all together in that. I don't want to go to it quite yet. But I think it's kind of really, really important as we think about the five conversations and now the five conversations that managers have with their employees, how in their quick connects and how in their, you know, those times that they have together, right? Are they bringing it in, Ryan? Do you get any kind of sense that um, we used to be able to do that when we'd see each other, but now we have to be about intentional on Zoom? Has that changed the equation, or would you give any advice? How do we talk about physical well-being virtually? People are just talking more about it, and you just gotta not be afraid to discuss it and just help people understand it. You know, wellness or, or physical health. Can, it kind of started off as a as a kind of a private topic, but now it's all out there. It's talk about physical well-being. Back to my main point uh, early on is, is you know a way to build your energy, your productive energy. So when when you come with that in mind and that backdrop, then it's not as personal to talk about you know what what kind of physical activity have you been getting in, or what have you think about doing, or who have you been involving in your routine, or you know what what are some of your goals, or what have you been doing that you found that that makes a difference for you, and could you share that with the group, sort of thing. With nutrition, we have been um, uh, here at the Collison House. Uh, starting at the pandemic, we immediately went back to 100% meal planning. So every week, every meal is planned. It's it's, it's intentional mm-hmm. now. I'll be honest, we're eating a lot better now than we were pre-pandemic. There's a lot of fast food. There was a lot of eating out that was associated with that. We use this as an opportunity here to kind of refocus and to get get um, kind of more purposeful in what we're doing moving forward. What kind of, what, what besides things like that, from an organizational standpoint, how can organizations help people in that area of meal planning or preparation or diet when we think about what we eat? I would reach out to your partners and vendors that you have relationships established with already. They likely, so things like your EAP, there's a pretty good chance that if you're in a larger organization, you've got an EAP um, and your health, health insurance provider. They have a ton of these start there. Um, they have a lot of resources that that can open up a lot of doors for people. Then, then start um, passing the mic around and letting people um, share what works for them. Recognize other people, and and that way others can kind of get an idea of what what people are experimenting with, trying, and and kind of break down any barriers that they might have previously had that I can't do this or that's not for me. Um, it, it just really helps people to have that, maybe that that example. Yeah. And, and I think we also work in this area, right? If there's organizations that are struggling, they mm-hmm. don't want to try to figure this all out on their own, right? Um, they can contact us, right? Uh, wh- what would be the best way? If they wanted to have a conversation or get some get some consulting started around this idea. You're our lead on that. How would they contact us? Yeah. The gallup.com page has, has a submission form. You can, you can email, email Jim or myself. We can talk about this and get you into, into the right um, channel and people to get something established. There's, there's also questions. Jim probably knows more about this than me than like on access that can, um, you can, you can survey and pulse, 
the organiz you know, larger organizations about their well-being so that can be you know measured and managed effectively. Yeah, no, that's a great point. So for our enterprise clients who are on access and have access to the Q12 and the Pulse, the ability to survey out through access, now would be a great time for organizations to start thinking about, hey, maybe we need to ask questions beyond how do you feel, but what are you doing and how are you doing it and what's being effective? What's in our current program that's being effective? I think, Ryan, and, and, and let's just talk a smidge about this. If you were, you are a certified coach, right? You're, mm -hmm. a, you're, yeah. you're a certified coach. What kind of advice would you give to coaches, coaching both managers, teams, organizations, or individuals? How do they use this physical well-being element inside of their coaching? What kind of advice would you give to them? How do they bring it up? What kind of questions could they ask? I, I totally didn't prep you for this question, but kind of just tell me like the what wheels kind of advice, are spinning. Yeah. What kind of, you have discipline. You're going to do great. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give uh, individuals, first, coaches? First to let the wheels keep going in the background here. You, you gotta, most people here probably know Micah, right? Yeah. Oh, she no, leads, okay. she leads and spearheads the, the Peloton mm -hmm. group. Yeah. Um, she kind of, she got it started before pre-pandemic, right? Um, and has she talked much about it publicly? No, we actually okay. haven't. We, no, we haven't. But okay. this is a great, a great avenue to be able to talk about the outcomes. I think the key is, so here, let me, let me give key number one. Coaches, as you're helping organizations, you're helping individuals, start identifying individuals in an organization who have that natural tendency, hmm, sounds like strengths, towards... <laughs> towards doing these kinds of things, right? In in our case, Micah had this, she bought a bike. She wanted to do it. She, she, she met with you and said, hey, I want to start this group. We started the group. It's been very, very successful, right? But it was successful because you let her, you let her lead out mm -hmm. with that, right? So find those natural tendencies inside organizations where these kinds of things are happening. Oftentimes they get squashed because it didn't follow the right path, mm -hmm. right? It didn't come from HR or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And so, uh, maybe Those that's grassroots point. leaders yeah. are, are, are great. So do, um, do amplify their efforts and also just let them, let them have that, that space right now. Now is, now is not a great time to be, you know, bureaucratic and, and think about, is this the right way to do it? Um, if it feels like it's contributing to others well-being, just keep going with it and, and keep letting it happen um, organically, which is great. I mean, that that truly shows that you know, somebody cares, which is you know, one of our engagement questions. Somebody cares about you at work. Um, if they care enough about your your health and your, your physical well-being, um, that's going to lead to those some of those outcomes that I talked about earlier. You know, think about as coaches, talk you know help people really lean in and and intentionally use their innate abilities as it relates to their health and well-being mm -hmm. so don't um you know if you think about like influencing themes you know encourage them to just like kind of tell others what they're doing and don't just mm -hmm. keep it to yourself you know start a, start a new routine or a group with um with friends and colleagues so you don't have to go out and do it on your own there's probably others who want to join you um and you know think about you know with maximizer think about ways you can kind of get more out of what you can do if you go to uh, the other themes there's a lot that you can dive into that was kind of painting with a, a broad stroke there with influencing themes, but think about each, each of those, um, those themes and, uh, and how it can contribute, um, to your health. 
Ryan, I think um, uh, we have a question uh, from the chat room. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Marina asked, for many people, exercise is a group activity, right? We have a fitness center. It's empty. It's locked at this point, right? You can't get in. How can you help uh, them keep that high energy that usually comes from, you know, high group energy level, right, when we're doing this? And I think the same is true when we think about just being together from an accountability standpoint. How do we replicate those or what's some advice on re replicating those accountability groups in a virtual world? Yeah. Well, you can you can think about who you can build that energy with if, if i'll come back to virtual groups but physically who can you safely um do this with and like for me i have harmony so um so it's hard for me to get out of the house and go work out so what do i do and, and because um i'll tell you why um i'm getting ahead of myself here but it's hard for me because i've got three boys at home it's a busy it's a busy household if i just left and picked up and uh, went to the gym or went for a run or bike ride uh my wife would be stuck um trying to entertain three boys so that's that doesn't feed my harmony strength so so what i do is i get them involved so that's uh, we go out to the garage, we do push-ups and pull-ups, we do burpees and whatever they want to do. That gets me going. It it um, it feeds my social well-being as well. It's something that I'm naturally inclined to want to do, and it fits with and jives with my life. Um, virtually, think about uh, think about who gives you energy and who gave you energy prior to this and how you could connect with them on Zoom or um, whatever, pick your technology um, communication piece. Um, there's also, you know, there's, when we started this pandemic, there was a lot of free stuff going out. So um, there, there might not be as many um, going on now, but you just got to choose something that you feel like is a good fit for you. There's there's a lot there. Peloton's a great example, but there's probably for every Peloton there that is a good example. There's, you know, 20 or 30 more out there that could be the right fit for you. Yeah, no, I, I began uh, the pandemic by just actually taking walks around the block. I have a hill right behind me. Yeah. So I could yes. walk up the hill and walk up the hill and walk up the hill. That'll come back. It got really warm and it just wasn't comfortable doing it that way. So I've had to find other things to do. That'll come mm -hmm. back in the fall and I'll mix that back up again mm -hmm. as I'm home, days I'm home. We are going in um, on a more regular basis. It's still not every day, but mm -hmm. you know, any, hey, any idea when our fitness center will open back up again? We don't know. Okay. It's a, it's an evaluate every week kind of yeah. thing and there's not a hurry. So it, um, you know, there, there's a lot of chatter people. I, people I like to interested. use that bike. <laughs> I like to yeah. use that bike that's in there. Yeah, there's just a lot of caution. Um, no, right caution that goes into it, but uh, we'll get you on your bike soon. Ryan, uh, we've been working on a framework for the last couple years, uh, Theme Thursday Season 3, and this current season, Season 6, we've been talking about leaders. Uh, the Season 3, Strengths-Based Leadership, we talked about the four needs of followers a lot. And so if you haven't if you're listening to this for the first time, you're new to our podcasts, you may want to go back and review season three. We've got a whole bunch, about 30 hours of content for you around each one of the themes. This season, as well as we focused on the book, It's the Manager and Teams and Managers out of this, we wanted to review kind of this framework. When we think about leading resiliency through followers, right, there's four areas that we need to kind of look at. And I want you to Spend, uh, we're going to spend a few minutes looking at each one of those trustability, compassion, and hope. 
through the lens of not only just well-being, but maybe physical well-being as well. So mm-hmm. when we think about trust in coaches helping managers or managers who are listening, give us some give us some clues there on building trust with the follow with followers. Mm-hmm. I would just encourage leaders and manage managers to really communicate about how health and well-being right now it's a safe subject so it's it's safe to talk about it's it's secure to bring it up um you can i um you can bring it up with me if if you're not comfortable with that um you can bring it up with our our eap some there are definitely some some issues that people have that that they they want to go to the to a more professional source for 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 solutions um but talk about how it's completely safe zone. Let's talk about it, and um, and that way it's it's just less comf- comfortable or less less uncomfortable to to at least bring up. Yeah, for for managers, their teams are in a completely different environment than they've ever been before, yeah. and they're not seeing them every day. Mm-hmm. And so that communication, I think, becomes really really important intentionally. We've got to work harder and try harder. We're four or five months into this. If managers have been doing it well, it's gotten stronger. If they haven't, we're, we're, right now is when we start to see issues, right? Yeah, right. and it's not too late either if they haven't. Right. right. So it's never too late to bring up. Um, but you so. mentioned the idea of a pulse survey earlier, and now now would be a great time. I mean, the best time to do it was yesterday, but the second best time to do it is right now. And start exactly. thinking about how are you feeling, right? That builds that trust there of, oh, someone cares about who I am, right? Someone mm-hmm. who's caring, they're asking some questions. And so coaches, managers, if you're not, if you haven't, maybe a great opportunity to communicate, to communicate some opportunities and some options. Also communicate uh, to get feedback, like how what's working well, what's not. That may be some great questions to ask on a team. Hey, what's working for you? I've shared... Uh, both here on Call the Coach and Theme Thursday, my idea of micro, kind of micro workouts. I've shared those, like little 10-minute workouts yeah. throughout the day, right? Been an opportunity. And I've communicated to those to my teams to say, hey, think about this. It may work for you. It may not, right? But to build that trust, that rapport, because we're not seeing them every day. All right, number two is stability. What what would we say about that? With stability, I think it, it kind of goes back to one of the points I made earlier about how providing a lot of variety of solutions. So not just Zoom classes, which are kind of like maybe A to Z, which would be probably like your EAP or your mental health resources, but provide a lot of everything in between. So think about how, you know, people people who, who need something to hold on to and grasp onto, it's probably a little bit different than what their neighbor needs or wants. So providing that variety is an important way to, to add the stability. So adding variety adds stability. Talk a little bit. That doesn't seem like it, but right. it doesn't, it's, yeah. it sounds contradicting, but I just saw in the chat where someone's like, yeah, I, I need that high energy space for a workout. So how do I get that? That That's great. Um, there's also there's a lot of different kinds of types of physical and mental needs that the people have. Um, and it can go all the way to serious mental um, health solutions that are needed. So that's a little bit different than like, I need a, I need a sweat and a workout today. So providing a lot of solutions in between that A and Z is important for 
for, for people to say, well, they're just focusing on Zoom. Um, Zoom's not for me. I don't want to get on live and work out in front of my friends because I can't dance and nobody wants to see that. Um, if you just go to the opposite end, then the, then there's some other needs over here that could be unmet. Yeah, I think it, and what I hear you saying in this is providing um, a more than a single channel to be uh -huh. able to, to complete a particular activity or a goal or or whatever opportunities we have, we've seen this even in our webcasts uh, of being able to during the pandemic of making sure we are everywhere. Like how I don't want anybody to miss the content anywhere. It's available to them. That confuses some uh, because there, for some who are completists or for some who want to be involved in everything, you have to give them permission to not, you don't have to do everything mm -hmm. in this. Um, so I think it's really clear that you communicate that not all channels have to be followed. You'll have those, right? They're, they they have some FOMO. They don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think it, overcompensating, providing stability by having multiple ways of getting to the same path mm -hmm. are, are critical. Getting back to that idea, then measuring those paths, what's working and what's not. You got to find out what is and then kind of begin to bring those resources in together again like we did when we were in person. Um, so that's great. So trust, stability. Number three is compassion. How do we handle that? Yeah. Compassion is just your time to shine and, and tell, you know, your managers and your clients and your leaders um, who you're coaching to, to really shine in, in terms of showing how much they care about their employees and not just, not just about their career um, and about their health and their whole self. So um and also their happiness, which is a big, important topic. So, so really just demonstrating their care by um, talking about it, discussing it, and um, recognizing people for it is an important way to kind of feed that compassion need. Yeah. You mean we can be happy during these times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it okay? It's is that encouraged. Okay? Yes. There is a little bit, you know, we go through these times and there may be some who are facing guilt for being, for thriving. Like they've there, I've, I've talked to individuals and you know what? I may even fit into that. There's some things, some parts of my life that are actually way better than they were, but we don't want to talk about them because other people are suffering. How as leaders, as managers, Ryan, how do we handle that this idea of compassion when some are thriving, when others are suffering? How do we reconcile that? Do you think it's very difficult, and you'd have to you'd have to um, just really think about your team and and your individuals and what what you what you say to them, what how you communicate with them, um, what you amplify or what you might not echo. So. So I think it, you know, it's just so so unique and individual for for each team yeah. and person. Yeah. But um, but yeah, being I think you you bring up a great point, Jim, that we should be aware of that. And there's going to be high levels uh, of physical well-being and, and a lot of low levels as well. So let's just be sensitive to 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 that fact. Yeah. No, I've been really really careful not to post some of those things. On Facebook or whatever, it, just during this time, just to be. I do sensitive. think it's important though to be positive. Yeah, right. right? And recognize, um, so that um, you know you can't you can't apologize for for doing that. You don't. You won't ever need to apologize for recognizing and being positive. Yeah, 
no, right on. Dr. Shane Lopez uh, taught us mm -hmm. kind of about hope, and and we have a whole bunch of research on this. But as we think about hope, Ryan, kind of bring us in on this on this final pillar. Yeah, for for me and 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 and. In, in the sky, in the literature, it's all about, you know, having faith in the future and that uh, it, things are going to get better and um, and that, um, that that it's exciting and there's a bounty at the end of this uh, and, and it's not too far away. And sometimes we might just need to wait it out a little bit. Um, and in, in the meantime, let's keep sharing success stories and let's keep asking our clients about when they were their best. And that can spark some hope into, into, their, into their day. Later in the series, we're going to talk about social well-being. And I'm going to bring it up here because I think it's appropriate mm -hmm. when we think about hope. I have, there's a few individuals I've been meeting with on a fairly regular basis for what we call happy hours and, and, and getting together via zoom for the express purpose of encouraging one another. Not, we talk about work, but it's a, but it's an opportunity to ask, how are you doing? How are things going? How do you That's feel? Cool. That's right? cool. Yeah. Right. And on a very, very regular basis. And I think this leaders, managers, you, you need to be encouraging your people to find those other people. Like we have that Q10 question. I have a best yeah. friend at work. The pandemic has thrown that and it maybe for some into whack or out of whack. And I don't know if you can get into whack. That <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Not sure what that is, but um, kind of to get out of whack and to get us centered again, because those relationships are, are, are important, right? We know that through our book, The Power of Two, we know those relationships are just equally important in what we're doing. And I, and I think it's important that we find ways, in this case, for that accountability. I am still talking to you on a regular basis about how my physical well-being is, right? You're my coach. You're my accountability partner on this. You're the one who holds me to the standard. You never let me off the hook. I can... I can say the difficult things with you. Mm -hmm. I think coaches we and leaders, we need to encourage everybody on teams to still continue to have those kinds of relationships, even though we're not seeing people anymore. And, uh, and those been a key component. Would you add anything else to that, Ryan? No, that's, that's good. Being intentional about it is smart. And let's say you haven't been as good as Jim and his teammates about being intentional about it. Um, that's fine. You can start doing it now yeah. and um, it doesn't necessarily have to take a separate meeting to bring it in and to let it play out by the way those individuals not on my team they're, they're outside cool. yeah they're outside of my team and it, it was intentional for me it's different for everybody mm -hmm. i needed some folks beyond because i i actually do spend a lot of time you know i think austin which a lot of the folks in the community know austin he's our our channel manager for for strengths spend mm -hmm. a lot of time with austin and he's su mm -hmm. he's super encouraging I needed some yeah. folks outside of that loop, so to speak, to, that would work for me. And I think coaches, this is a great conversation to have with those that you're coaching or leaders, a great conversation to have with those that you're leading of asking that question, who are, who are you reaching outside of your network or even inside your network that's encouraging you on this, we'll say this element, physical well-being today, who's encouraging you on that element? Are you suffering or are you thriving and why? And how do we get you there? And so it's great. Ryan, any final thoughts as we think about wrapping this up? Any other final thoughts that you want to bring in here today to talk about? Yeah, I, I just think that it's just, if I could just hit on the two that I 
that I talk about previously is that, um, you know, well-being and, and wellness can sometimes feel a little soft, but there's a lot of great hard data out there on news.gallup.com. Uh, Brian Brim and Dan Witters wrote a great story um, that went along with some data we, we did in a research project last year. So if you, you can search their names, it was 2019, about October, um, where, where, where I brought some of that data in today. So, so check that out when you want to understand the science of well-being and resilience and also some other important business outcomes. And then just I'll start with it and end with it. Just remember that physical well-being is all about being able to build up and live live healthy and build up a lot of good energy so you can explore your passions and find really good, um, true-hearted purpose in your life. I think it's a good way to end it. I, I do believe we actually can thrive during this time, and there are some who are. And that doesn't. We don't want to minimize the folks that are are suffering during this time because that's happening too. But like strengths, I think we have an opportunity to look at some things in a new way. We have the opportunity to discover some new things in this, some new patterns, some new, and at the same time, maybe reset some patterns. Managers, an opportunity right now to reset some patterns of things that going on your team. And maybe I didn't like them before, and this completely disrupted them. And so you've got an opportunity to, to, to refocus, to reemphasize, to rebuild those pieces and to give that hope, that stability, that compassion, that trust uh, back inside of those roles. Ryan, thanks for taking some time today to be a part of this. A very popular topic. We might have to bring you back for a part two, maybe first of the year. And, and oh uh, boy, we'll maybe do kind of a reset. Uh, Sounds uh, good. You know, yeah. No. Yeah. Always, always good to chat with you, Jim and coaches and, and everyone out there. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm just really glad that you can't pinch me anymore. Uh, <laughs> on the, cause that hurts. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, we'll remind everyone to take full advantages of all the resources we have available uh, now through Gallup access. We mentioned that if you haven't been out in a while, you might want to head out, head out to gallup.com slash Clifton strengths. There's a login in the upper right-hand corner on the screen there. Log in and, See the new access. We actually continue to improve that every single month and some great options for you. If you're in an organization that has access, you've got some learning opportunities for you. It kind of depends on what levels you're in. If you're new to it and you haven't, che you haven't checked that out in a while, head back out there, gallup.com slash CliftonStrengths. Great opportunity. Your themes report, if you're a CliftonStrengths uh, customer, your themes report is there. Top five opportunity to upgrade to 34. All those pieces available for you. Again, gallup.com slash CliftonStrengths. If you want to subscribe to us uh, as a podcast, any podcast app to search Gallup Webcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search Clifton Strengths and uh, or Gallup. You'll find us there available. Um, we have lots of videos and lots of learning. Uh, Ryan, you talked a little bit about micro. We were talking a little bit about micro learning. Um, I talked a little bit about micro workouts. We've got some great content available via YouTube. Maybe that's the channel that you learn best through. That's kind of what I've defaulted to during the pandemic. So Lots of great resources. If you want to follow everything we do live, maybe join us live. It's more fun live. We have a great chat room and about almost 90 uh, listening right now, which is pretty great. Um, head out and register at Eventbrite. Go to gallup.eventbrite.com, create an account, follow us there. And every time I post something new, like I just did today, you'll get a notification that is available for you as well. If you want to join us in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash called to coach. Maybe you're not a Facebooker. You can join us on LinkedIn. Head out to, or, or head out to LinkedIn and search Clifton Strengths Trained Coaches, and I'll let you in that group as well. We want to thank you for joining us today. 
Um, we'll do a smidgen of a post show when we're done here. So if you're listening live, don't don't go away right away. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.